Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to our show today. Here we are getting ready to kick off National Disability Employment Awareness Month in October. And as we're ending September, we're excited about that month, although, as I always say, to me, disability employment is January 1st to December 31st. It is a year-long process with me, and I have to tell you, I'm sure that is the way our guest feels today. We are really excited to have as our guest today Bob Chamberlain, the president and Chief Executive Officer of NISH, a not-for-profit organization whose primary mission is the employment of Americans with significant disabilities, which I'm sure many of you have heard of before. So, wow, what an honor to have the CEO with us. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's my pleasure. It's a real pleasure to be here. Well, Bob, you know... I have to ask you this question first for our listeners throughout the world that aren't familiar possibly with all this great work you're doing. My first question is, when did you first become involved with the disability community and why? Okay. Let me say uh, just one word before I uh, answer that question, and that is, uh, having done and read about you so much, I wanted to compliment you. First of all, I love your story, and secondly, uh, I love what you are doing, both in terms of this show, uh, but also Bender Consulting Services and and, uh, uh, looking for jobs for people with with disabilities, and in that case, in the IT world. But that's exactly what we're involved with here, is to find jobs for people with disabilities. So I'm so pleased to get to talk to you in person. Uh, From my perspective, as far as how I got involved with this, I never really thought about that question, Uh, but I had a long career in the United States Navy, and toward the end of that career, I was involved with the defense side of things, not just Navy, the the joint commands, and in the last position, I was the deputy director of the Defense Logistics Agency. In that position, I was appointed by the president, at that time President Clinton, to serve on a committee called the Committee for Purchase from People Who Are Blind or Severely Disabled. And in that uh, position, we oversaw a program, which we'll talk about a little bit today. But part of my job there at Defense Logistics Agency involved an awful lot of travel around the country. And what I did was, once I was appointed to that committee, uh, I ensured that wherever I could, if I, if I was in some location around the country, I also tacked on a visit uh, to an agency where there were people who were blind, uh, people with severe disabilities and so on, uh, working, and I would see what they were doing. I would have a chance to uh, interact with them. The other thing is, thinking back on this, uh, at the Defense Logistics Agency, I ran a a quite robust program, a valuing diversity program, and thinking back on it, uh, probably I had an interest even before getting on the committee because, of course, uh, people with disabilities and and from all different perspectives are part of this great big diversity picture, and so I've always had an interest in that. And uh, ultimately, when I retired from the Navy, I looked at a lot of different 
options. And uh, this particular opportunity uh, happened to be available, although I didn't uh, come in here as the CEO. I came in in charge of operations, which uh, essentially handled our regions throughout the country from an operational perspective. And then ultimately, uh, just a couple months, a few months later, I had the opportunity to uh, try to get the CEO job, and that's what happened, and, and I'm still here today. That was back in year 2000. Well, also may I say my hat is off to you being in the Navy. <clears throat> I am biased as my father, uh, who will soon be 83 years old, also served in the Navy. Well, you know, I, I work with uh, all the different services here, and we treat everyone equally, but I, I must say that deep down I've got a little bit of that same feeling. <laughs> well, let me uh, ask you our first question emailed to us from a... Uh, Maria in Tennessee, and the question is, uh, Mr. Chamberlain, it is really an honor for me to get to speak to you. Thank you for helping people with disabilities um, find employment. My question is, I was just wondering, what happened at your location and your site on September 11th. It is fresh in my mind since we just, as you know, recently celebrated the anniversary. Well, uh, interestingly, the in my particular situation, and I'm talking about me personally here, first of all, I'm very sensitive to anything of that sort simply because of my defense and Navy background. But secondly, and, and again, just from my own situation that day, I happened to be in a meeting in a hotel right down next to the Pentagon. Oh, my goodness. So I was actually at uh, as close as you can get and uh, without being in the Pentagon and saw the direct impact of, of everything that happened there. But, but I think the question relates not to exactly what I was doing, uh, but more related to the, the program and what it did to our entire organization. One of the things that we do at this organization is we, and we'll talk about that as, as we go through this, if the opportunity presents itself, but, but in summary, we manufacture products. We also deliver services, but to the federal government and for the federal government. And one of the main customers that we have is the Department of Defense and all those services that serve within the Department of Defense. And we are involved in providing products, many of which are used by our warfighters. And subsequent to 9-11, what happened was there was a tremendous increase in the need for those products. And so as a result, and I am proud to say, uh, people with disabilities uh, didn't miss a beat. We didn't miss a delivery. We were able to, in, in many agencies throughout the country, increase uh, quantities uh, appreciably. The other thing I want to mention, because it's a good opportunity for that, I mentioned earlier that I, do, uh, tra I used to do traveling, and that's kind of how I got into this, but I still do a lot of traveling throughout the country to different locations, and I see these locations and I talk with the people that actually manufacture the products, and I must tell you, there is no group of people in this country that are more patriotic, 
than people with disabilities and what they're doing to support the warfighter. I used to visit them back when I was in the Navy in my uniform, and it was uh, I really was getting much more attention than I should have just because I had that uniform on and how they felt about patriotism, how they felt about serving their country. But as you went around to these different workstations or wherever it might be, there were little U.S. flags, uh, and it was just a wonderful thing, and it was a wonderful thing to feel that patriotism uh, oozing out from each one of those individuals. Wow. That is awesome. And, yes, I have no doubt that is true. I have to ask you, Bob, I, I what was that? I can't even begin to know what it was like for you that day, being that close to the Pentagon. Well, what's interesting, one thing that's interesting about it is that, um, surprisingly, even though I was that close and we were there, uh, we did not hear anything. Um, so we never heard any type of uh, explosion or anything, but the the entire area down there and where this was that I was was Crystal City, which is right next to the Pentagon. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the entire place, of course, just came to a standstill, and, uh, and the metro line stopped, and the people came across the bridges, and you had total gridlock because uh, lights weren't working, and cars were trying to go around a block in all four directions, and, of course, cell phones didn't work, and... Uh, Every hotel emptied out. All the people were out on the street. And uh, at the same time, in those hotels, we w- had been watching anyways, just like everybody else in this country, uh, had seen what was happening on the television. So I think that, yes, that was uh, just an, uh, an incredibly impactful type situation. But then again, I think it was for everybody in this country, as we know, and, and it still is today. I think it's the closest that I will ever get to understanding what my father meant when he said you could not understand Pearl Harbor Day, unless you were there, that you could not understand the impact of that, you know, or unless you were living through it at that time. And although we read about it, of course, you know, it is, it is just so amazing to go through something like that and realizing that this is all about one thing our freedom, and, uh, you know, that that was just something I, too, will never forget, but thank goodness that you were safe, and may I say that our uh, hearts and prayers still to this day go out to all the families of anyone that lost someone on September 11th, because, you know, a year or two may pass, but that person is still gone, and so, you know, we are still uh, remembering all of those families. But I'm I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and of course, uh, both up in the New York area, uh, w- which uh, had a, a much greater loss of life, but, but certainly here in the northern Virginia, Maryland, Washington area, I don't think there, there is anyone or very few people in this area that weren't impacted by a friend or a relative with that loss. So, uh, yes, and the prayers go out to the families, but, but everybody here as well, in some way was impacted beyond just the national trauma, but but some type of relationship that that was there. Yes. And thank goodness that, you know, um, as you said, I'm not surprised to hear that you at NISH and everyone working there kept 
everything going to help support this country through that time, and you're still moving on today. And when we come back from break, we will talk more to the CEO of Niche, Mr. Bob Chamberlain, as soon as we get back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to Stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcast each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back if you just joined us or just tuned in. We're talking today to the CEO of Niche. Mr. Bob Chamberlain, and we're so honored to have him as our guest today. Bob, before we went to break, we had just started talking about uh, Nish, and I know that Nish has 
so much to do with the Javits-Wagner-O'Day Act. So I thought I would ask you, especially for people listening to the show that are not familiar with the Javits-Wagner-O'Day Act, how it came into being and the reason it came into being. Sure. The uh, Wagner-O'Day Act, which is what it was originally called, and we'll talk about when it became Javits-Wagner-O'Day, but the Wagner-O'Day Act was approved by Congress back in 1938 and signed into law by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. It was really a, a kind of an end-of-depression-era program, but what it was all about and remains to be all about is to match the massive purchasing power of the federal government with the tremendous capabilities of people who are blind and now people with significant disabilities as well. The federal government is going to buy things. They have to to support uh, that massive operation. So they're going to buy things anyways. And we have people who are blind, people with disabilities who need employment. So So the whole idea was, and it was really kind of a brilliant concept, Uh, to simply match the two things up and make them work for both parties, and that's what happened. And another thing about this legislation that is so good is there is a very small appropriation associated with the legislation, a very small appropriation, that funds the group that oversees it. In fact, it's the same committee that I was on, that agency that I was on when I was appointed by the president. But for the most part, the, the program is self-funding because the federal government has to buy things. They pay for those things, and that money that they pay funds the program. So this went along from 1938 uh, all the way into the 60s. And in the 60s, uh, Senator Jacob Javits from New York, who was a tremendous champion for people with disabilities, Uh, came along and he said, you know, this concept works for people who are blind. Why don't we expand this legislation and also have it apply to people with disabilities as well? So at that time in 1971, the law was amended to become the Javits-Wagner-O'Day. And by the way, it's Senator Wagner and Congresswoman O'Day, both from New York, Uh, but it became the Javits-Wagner-O'Day Act, and that is the act as as we know it today. Now, I should say that we've been known as the Javits-Wagner-O'Day or the JWAD program, uh, but very recently, within the last year, uh, we have been renamed, and we are now called the Ability One program. And, of course, that it's pretty obvious in that name why um, JWAD itself was not a particularly pleasant acronym. Um, and it didn't have any meaning, had great meaning with those three people's names. But, but beyond that, the people that didn't know them, in itself, it didn't really say what the program was about. So a lot of work was done looking at how could we name it to more accurately represent what it's really doing, and what it's really doing is, is bringing out uh, the, uh, the abilities in people with disabilities and people uh, who, are, who are blind. 
The act, by the way, remains the same. There is still that same legislation, but the name of the program that we're working within now is called Ability One. Yeah, that, that I love that name. I love that name because that also reflects how you're continuing to move forward, and you know, and what you're doing, and uh, that makes. I think that's a great move that you made, Bob. I think that that's good that they did that. Um, now, many of our listeners are hearing us talk about niche, and and they may not know what we're talking about. So why don't you take a moment and explain to everyone what niche is? Uh, you know, what some of the big programs are, what you're accomplishing. Sure. Um, within this program, there are basically two central nonprofit agencies, uh, sister organizations. Again, as I said earlier, the original legislation related to people who are blind, and there is an organization called the National Industries for the Blind that oversees that side of things. And on the other side of the house is NISH. Now, let me say, uh, first of all, that when that act was amended to become the Javits-Wagner-O'Day Act in 1971, um, the original concept was there were six national nonprofit agencies that kind of ran the disability side of the house. Of course, in disabilities, it's quite different than people who are blind in the sense that you have so many different types of disabilities, a wide range. So some of the names that are familiar would be Goodwill, uh, Easter Seals, uh, the Ark, um, and, and others that were the overseers. But what they found was to try to run the program really was beyond uh, having six different groups do it. So what they decided was they would establish one organization that would manage it, and that would be the, the at that time, called the National Industries for the Severely Handicapped, and that's NISH was established in 1974. Um, I should say that along the way, in the early 90s, uh, National Industries for the Severely Handicapped, because of the word handicapped and uh, not wanting uh, things to change, to talk about people with disabilities, not handicapped. So they changed that and they squeezed it down to the acronym NISH, and that's why we just go by NISH now and not the full name. But, but generally, NISH is an organization that has regional offices uh, throughout the country. We have six major regional offices around the country, and uh, we support this effort to try to find job opportunities for people with disabilities uh, in supporting, uh, for the most part, the federal government uh, with various contractual services that I mentioned earlier, either products or uh, delivering a lot of different services that we deliver as well. Now, you were saying you're, you're six places across the United States, is that right? Yes. Wh where are they? Where are you at? The, our, well, our six NISH offices, uh, first of all, the NISH National Office is in Vienna, Virginia. That's where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. But we all, uh, our East region is managed out of the same building. They have different offices, but they're here in the same building. We have another regional office in Chicago, another regional office in Seattle, uh, one in the uh, just south of Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. We have one in Dallas, and we have one in Atlanta as well. And those are the niche offices, 
And then we have uh, about uh, 550 different nonprofit agencies that are associated with us producing those products and producing those services. And, of course, they're all over the country. They're in, they're in every state in the union. They are in the territories as well, uh, Guam and, and uh, Puerto Rico and so on. So, in other words, if you would receive a federal contract from the government for services and you did not have just enough people right there to do this work, you would then go to all those groups you're partnered with? Well, in fact, uh, that's exactly how it works in all cases. Um, And when you say we receive a contract, the way it works is that we have to, we're like any other business in the sense that we have to in effect, market our wares to the federal government and to be able to show the federal government how we produce a quality product or how we deliver a quality service. So we are doing that in air. That's part of what the regional offices do. They're working with various federal uh, departments and agencies, uh, over 500 of them, uh, throughout the country trying to do that. And when the federal customer says, gee, I think I like that, and I I would like to be supported by you all, then it's our job to find one of these agencies, uh, and we usually have several, that have that capability and could provide that to the government customer. So actually, none of the products and services are actually delivered or manufactured by niche personnel, it's all done by people with disabilities that are working for these uh, individual uh, 550 agencies around the country. Wow, that is something. Well, here, let me ask you a question from a John in Minnesota. The question is, could you give me some ideas of the types of jobs you provide to people with disabilities? In other words, what areas do they do work in? All right. Um, We have traditionally done work in food service. That includes uh, food preparation and all the the jobs around the function of food preparation. Custodial is our biggest business. We are uh, in custodial or in federal facilities many, many places all over the country. Grounds maintenance we do and the jobs that are associated with that We do uh, shelf stocking and work with some warehouse work as well related to the commissaries, which is the equivalent in the military of a supermarket. Um, We have also been in and are now growing considerably uh, the laundry business. We do assemble and finishing, you know, all of that stuff related to it. In addition, what we have done in uh, the last few years is we've been developing new business lines as well. Uh, We are into secure document destruction, and that's in several places throughout the country. Uh, We are in teleservices. Uh, Interestingly, if you or any of your listeners called in for a form from the IRS when they were doing their taxes, there was a very good chance they were talking to a person with a disability in their home uh, through our program. Uh, We also do a lot of mailroom work, but you mentioned 9-11 early on, 
there are mail rooms, and now because of 9/11, there are secure mail rooms. They're two different things, and secure mail rooms uh, is just what it says, and it was brought on by 9/11, but also the anthrax situation, where we uh, it's a different configuration uh, where mail comes into a central facility and then ultimately is distributed uh, to the customer in a much more rapid fashion. So I should say as well, we also do document imaging and, and some work related to that. In fact, in the 2000 census, which was essentially originally put on disk, but they wanted to convert it back to microfilm, it was our program that uh, partnered with another firm, and we had two different agencies in the country, one in the Midwest and one here in this area, uh, that converted the entire 2000 census back to microfilm. But I was really interested when, when I read about it, when I said at the beginning of, about the line of work that you were in, one of the things you're doing, because um, that's an area that I think we can expand into and do a lot better than we are. We're doing call centers. We have some very, we do switchboards, but we also do some sophisticated call centers where one calls in uh, and gets the first couple tiers of difficulty uh, answered and then it spins out to somebody else. One final thing I want to mention, uh, we do complete facility management at several facilities around the country, but what I wanted to say was we have a business we call National Treasure Management, and we coined that buzzword, but they really are national treasures. We do the Statue of Liberty and the uh, custodial up there as well as on Ellis Island, which is the uh, adjacent island where the folks used to uh, come into this country. We do five different presidential libraries. Uh, the most recent is the JFK Library up in Boston. We do the Library of Congress. And we do several other uh, facilities that I would call national treasures. And well, you, you know what, Bob? I, I want to talk more about that as soon as we come back from break. But we've got to go to break just for one minute. If you just joined in and you're listening to the show right now, don't go away because we have the CEO of Nish, Bob Chamberlain. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com 
I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. From our home to your speakers, VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show. Our guest today, Mr. Bob Chamberlain, the CEO of Niche. And when we went to break, Bob, we were talking about all the various aspects of service and work that NISH does. You were recently talking about this uh, work you do, what do you call it, the treasure? Uh, National Treasure Management. National Treasure Management. What a great term that is. What he's talking about is like doing all the service work for um, the Statue of Liberty and Library of Congress and many of of our national treasures, which I think is so great. But I did want to go back to one thing, Bob. For any businesses listening to the show today, you know, I know a lot of people cutting costs, looking at all different uh, ways and means, but no matter what, at the end of the day, you've got to have quality service. You know, if you don't have quality service, then, you know, you end up spending more money to fix the problem you had before. But for companies that are doing call center work and putting all their call center in one location here somewhere in the United States, um, if I understand, that is work you can do, Bob, is that correct? That is work we can do, yes. Now, let uh, let me just say that, you know, the predominant uh, work that we do at this point is in support of federal contracts, but uh, although... You know, I think there's great opportunity beyond that, but but in general, that is the customer that we're talking about. So, if if the federal government has a call center, absolutely, you could work on that. Absolutely. Okay, that is good. Well, it's amazing how many different things that you're now doing at Nish, and that that's really uh, wonderful that you're doing all this. How, Bob, how many people with significant disabilities work for Nish? And how many people with significant disabilities do you believe NISH has found employment for at all these agencies? 
Well, we uh, last year we had uh, approximately forty, just under forty-four thousand jobs for people uh, with significant disabilities around the country, working specifically on Ability One projects. I wanted to mention uh, two other quick things about what we were talking about before. Uh, number one, what's interesting is some of those projects and sites that I mentioned took years to get those contracts. And, and the reason they did, in many cases, was perceptions about people with disabilities. But what's interesting is after the, uh, we actually started working there and they could see what the people with disabilities can do and the kinds of workforce that they are, uh, that changed the picture appreciably. But it was a good lesson in this perception and some of the attitudes. The other thing I wanted to quickly mention, uh, that's the service side, and we also do products, uh, primarily uh, clothing and textile, but we do uh, chemical protective suits. When you see on, on television someone in that uh, camouflage uniform, the battle dress uniform, we do a large percentage of those. We do a lot of things for special forces, uh, UDT, uh, that underwater demolition, a lot of that kind of thing as well. Uh, but in any case, 44,000 jobs last year. At those agencies, the total number of people employed uh, was greater than that. It was closer to 135,000, but those were on other type work, and that's the whole concept in this program. You try to, first of all, build skills and capability, and secondly, establish credibility in the local community. So through that credibility, they get other opportunities where they can employ people outside of our program, but our program and also through our training, we have an extensive training program, but has, has uh, kind of germinated or developed a seed and then germinated it to expand to, to other areas as well. Um, and Bob, I noticed that anytime you talk about niche, it all, they always say creating employment opportunities for people with severe disabilities or, you know, as I refer to it as significant disabilities, but the government refers to it as targeted disabilities. Is that mainly the type of people then that you work with people who have very significant disabilities? Well, it, it is, but as you know, um, one of the confusing things in this country uh, is the number are the number of definitions of people with whatever, significant, severe, whatever word you want to put next to it. There are all kinds of different disabilities. Uh, I'm sorry, definitions, whether you're talking uh, through Social Security, whether you're talking through our program and, and whatever. Basically, in our program, uh, the word they use is severe, but what they're talking about in that definition is that the person essentially is unemployable. So they have been unable to get work uh, through this disability. So you might have someone, maybe a, a quadriplegic, that wouldn't fit our definition because that they, they have a bachelor's and a master's and law degree and whatever, and so they are very employable, although, albeit with, with some of the uh, difficulties that people sometimes have getting employment, that they, the fact they have the disability. But, so that's kind of what the definition is that's used in our program. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I, I agree with that comment you made earlier, Bob, where you said, you know, at first people are sometimes hesitant to employ people with disabilities, but then once the person is on board and they see the dedication and the, uh, you know, attendance and work ethics and the great job that person does, it will change the way they think. If they just open the door, it will change the way they think. I know I am a woman with epilepsy and a hearing loss, and I see the work, you know, that my employees who now work for other companies have done and achieved and how great they are, but it is breaking down that attitudinal barrier and giving the person a chance. Best way to sell the program is to give the person a chance. Don't you think so, Bob? Well, absolutely. And, in fact, what I tell our folks as we go out and try to market the program and create these opportunities is one thing they have to remember, uh, all of our people that are essentially business developers, that that door is only half open that they're knocking on. Uh, They'll knock on that door, but it isn't wide open. It's only half open. Um, And that's the reason that one of the things that we've done in this program is put a tremendous emphasis on quality of the product and service that we deliver because once we get in that door and they see the kind of quality performance, the reliability, the dedication of the people that are there, what that will sometimes do is lead to other business opportunities because they say, gee, if you can do this on the custodial side, could you do grounds maintenance as well? I said, well, yes, we can. So, but, but to get in that door in the first place and to convince somebody of that is often uh, quite a challenge. Now, the people who are referred to you, and I'm only asking you because I noticed the type of jobs that you're mention, uh, mentioning and talking about, are these mainly people with intellectual disabilities that you're working with? Uh, no, these, actually. Are these all it, disabilities? Does this include everything blind, deaf? Uh, intellectual, psychiatric, this is all disabilities. This includes everything, uh, physical disabilities, developmental, uh, mental illness. Now, uh, blind, per se, would usually be handled on National Industries for the Blind by them, but we have many people who are blind that are working under our program as well, but usually they have some other disability as well. They usually have multiple disabilities, and blindness might be one of those disabilities. But uh, I, the last time I looked at it, uh, which wasn't too long ago, basically we had a, a, a third, a third, a third of, of the developmental, the physical, and the mental illness in the program. That's one of the difficulties uh, in the program in managing it is that there is such a wide range and wide-ranging needs, and, and uh, it, it's just, it's a very interesting area because of that, I guess I should say. Okay, well, here's a question for you from a, that fits into what we're talking about right now, from a Terry in Washington, D.C., and the question is this. First of all, Mr. Chamberlain, my hat is off to you for anyone that would provide employment for my child or any parent of a child with a significant disability. My only concern, and I have to ask you this about NISH, is it seems that the majority of positions are often not in areas that are business-type jobs. Why is that, Nicole? Well, uh, I'm not sure exactly how you define a business-type job, but um, because every one of these agencies 
that is, that is associated with us uh, is absolutely a business. I mean, they, one of the things they do is, is serve rehabilitation needs, and that's a role that they play in our society because they are serving and performing in an area that sometimes uh, the private sector is not. Um, but every one of them uh, is, is, a, is a business function. Now, if, uh, for example, uh, one of the things, and, and this might maybe manufacturing in, the, in uh, this case is not considered a business, but we manufacture the magazine for the M16 weapon. Wait, hold on one minute, Bob. I want to get back to this because I also have a comment, but I want you to get to finish answering Nicole's question. But we've got to go to break just for a minute, then we'll be right back with Mr. Bob Chamberlain, the CEO of NISH. We're at voiceamerica.com, where disability matters. I'll be right back. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. A renowned speaker, writer, and personal coach, Steve Maraboli has risen to national prominence by delivering highly penetrating and effective programs that help people shake off mediocrity, destroy personal barriers, live up to their greatest potential, and align themselves with happiness, success, and excellence. From Fortune 500 companies, national corporations, and social organizations, to professional athletes and inner-city youth, Steve Maraboli is a recognized leader in personal enhancement. Speeches, seminars, and coaching with Steve Maraboli are designed to help break through the barriers that hinder happiness and success, rejuvenate ambition, reignite the drive to succeed, boost productivity, amplify motivation and inspirational drive, renew inner strength, and maximize effectiveness. Today is a new day. Release the power within. For more information, visit our website, abettertoday.com or stevemariboli.com or email us at staff at stevemariboli.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, 
sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcast each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, please call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joyce Bender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, I'm with the CEO of Niche, Mr. Bob Chamberlain. And let me say, tell all of your friends, tell everyone you know, if you heard this show and you think, wow, I want to tell other people I know about Niche and about this show today, remember... The show is archived on voiceamerica.com and on benderconsult.com. Bob, you were answering a question from Nicole about the types of jobs. Uh, I think her question was, why are there not more jobs business-oriented? Go ahead. Right. And what I was saying was uh, most of them, in my mind, are. But what I would say, and and I, I like Nicole's question because I, it's just like I mentioned to you about uh, finding jobs for people with disabilities in IT, which is an area that, that you are involved with, um, we should be, we should have people with disabilities, they have the capabilities and skills to be in every business function there is, no matter how you define business. So, uh, and that's one of the things that we are working on and we invest uh, our resources into is trying to explore new business areas and how can we expand this program to provide job opportunities beyond just those that exist today. And, Nicole, I want to say one other thing about that. Um, Also, uh, remember, now, as Bob just mentioned, at Bender Consulting Services, we are today in 19 states and two provinces of Canada, and we employ people now in IT, finance, accounting, human resources, and procurement. Those are our areas. But in case maybe you didn't hear the whole show, I just want to, well, I know you emailed this question, but I just wanted to point out for someone else, if they didn't hear all parts of this show, that Bob also mentioned they do work in call center, scanning, document scanning, uh, in other areas. And the way it sounds to me is like you're trying to move out into, into all areas. Is that right, Bob? That is correct. Okay, so I just wanted to make sure that uh, that you all knew, anyone listening to the show, that he did mention many other areas they work in and that he's trying to move into new areas. But make sure, listen to the whole show, tell your friends um, about how Bob's trying to direct Nish in this direction because I think that is really great. Uh, Bob, I know we don't have a long time before this show ends. So I'm going to ask you these two questions first just to make sure I get them in. Because everyone that's been on this show, from President Bush's sister to Steny Hoyer, Congressman Hoyer, to uh, Alan Fanica of the Pittsburgh Steelers, no matter who it is, we ask 
these last two questions. You, Bob, have already accomplished so much in your life. I saw from your bio that how you've won awards and, you know, you've just done so much already and had that really accomplished career in the Navy. At this point, what would you say is your proudest accomplishment? Well, uh, obviously we have to uh, uh, limit that down to, I assume what we're saying is uh, related to the work side because one of my proudest accomplishments is my family and my four daughters and, and what they've done. But um, the second thing I would say, and by the way, that reminds me of a question when I was applying to graduate school that stumped me for some time. One of the questions was, what are your three most significant accomplishments? So I had to give that one a lot of thought. How about um, <laughs> But I would say that um, I, I want to make one more generalized comment about it. I am more focused on the future and what still remains to be accomplished, and that, that is so easy in this world, in the disability community, because uh, we can talk about uh, it, and I think one of the biggest accomplishments and what I'm most thrilled with is when I see, for example, an individual that comes up to me holding a telephone bill, and they catch me as I'm going out of one of these agencies, ask if they can talk to me. I say, what about? And they say, I wanted you to see this because this is the, I paid my first bill through this job. So my looking backwards, it's that kind of thing that's happening through the program. But the problem is with those 44,000 people that have been employed, if we still have 10 million who need jobs uh, and deserve jobs, and deserve the dignity that goes with that job, uh, we got a lot more to do. So I, I want to get the private sector, I want the federal sector, and there's been a, a drop in, in employment, people with disabilities in the federal sector. I want to see all those, and I want to have some kind of an impact on, on improving the opportunities for people, changing attitudes, uh, and changing perceptions which are just flat wrong about the capabilities of people with disabilities. Well, Bob, that that is a great mission. Let me tell you that. And as our listeners are listening now, before we end again, this was Bob Chamberlain, the CEO of Nish. Which Bob, again, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show with us today and talking to our listeners. But what message do you want to leave with them today? Well, it depends on who the listener is, but but I want to leave the the general public. Uh, with what is a fact, not a perception. And that is people with disabilities have uh, are the greatest workforce, have the greatest cap- capability and drive. And by the way, I hear that again and again from federal customers who have actually seen them in action. And uh, they are missing a bet when they are not hiring people with disabilities and getting the performance and the dedication uh, that, that goes with that. I would say uh, to disability groups um, that one of the things that surprised me the most was the tremendous number of views and factions and opinions as opposed to uh, if we only work together around the strengths of each group and the strengths of each program, just think what we could do with the number of people with disabilities that we have in, in this country. Finally, people with disabilities need to know that our unemployed in particular um, of the great capabilities that you have, 
Um, sometimes something like the Statue of Liberty took us 10 years before we got that contract. And sometimes it's hopefully not going to be that long, but it, it takes a persistence. Um, and, and the talent is there, the capability is there. Um, and I absolutely love working with people with disabilities and, and watching what they can do. Well, I'll tell you, Bob, with that, we're going to close the show. What a great message. This was Bob Chamberlain, CEO of NISH. We always end the show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. And it is for Tony Quello, who's receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award in New York City. Tony, we all love you. Congratulations. The quote is, work gives us dignity. Isn't that what it's all about? This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.